So we praise you today because you are alive. We praise you because you have risen from the dead and you are alive and well today. And I pray, Jesus, as you are alive in us, God, may that be our declaration as we go into this world, that we tell this world that Jesus is alive. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for this time of worship. pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. John chapter 11. We've been there for a couple weeks and we're going to we're going to end it today. We're going to see the grave clothes taken off of Lazarus. So last week we looked at verses 25 and 26. Martha understood that her brother would rise again on the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Yes, it says that. Jesus said, the red words of Jesus says to us that we live in him, we believe in him, we will never, ever die. And so we have that promise right here. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Believers will never, ever die. So there's something that happens at that transition from the body dying and our transitioning into heaven. There's no gap. There's no loss of time. There's nothing that takes place in between that. It is a, a, it's got to be the twinkling of an eye in time. There is a quick, a quick, sudden transition from life here to life in the presence of God. However that looks like. Now, I don't understand. I don't know. I just believe. I don't know if we're transitioned like in Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty. I don't know if we're transitioned on some fast train. I don't know how this is. It's just an instantaneous movement from life here to life there. So we have that going for us. That means that we can face every crisis, every challenge, believing that we will never die. Every illness, every trouble, every tribulation that comes our way, we who believe in Jesus, we have the promise that nothing, absolutely nothing can ever defeat us. Nothing can defeat us. If death can't defeat us, then nothing can defeat us. There may be problems, challenges, heartaches, just we may have difficulties here on this side of eternity, and, and it's all designed for us to grow and become who God wants us to be in the image of Christ. But we know for sure the words of Jesus says to us, we can hope in it, we can trust in it, we can rest in it, we can place our life in his hands. We will never die. Believers will never die. A reason to believe, a reason to trust in Jesus, a reason to not put our, our, our life in hands of, of leadership, our hands in the lives of religion. This, it's, this, this verse of scripture says, don't put your lives in the hands of rules, of religion, put your life in the hands of Jesus. Because the greatest benefit of all is we never, ever die. We will live for all of eternity with the Lord. So Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I don't give the life. I am the life. I don't teach you how to obtain the life. I am the life. And so we draw close to Jesus because he is alive. 
And then Jesus says to Martha, Martha, do you believe this? And we see Martha's faith jump, leap. Just, she makes a confession. Verse 27, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Martha, do you believe? Yes, Lord. That's, that's our response. And the Lord today will be saying to each one of us, do you believe? And our response is, yes, Lord, we believe. Yes, Lord. Martha, do you believe? Yes, Lord, she told him. I, was, I have always believed in you. Man, you've been coming by to see me. You've been spending time with us here in our home. You've spent time. Yes, Lord, I've always believed in you. I have always believed you are the Messiah. I'm not looking for anyone else. Now, if we don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, we ought to be looking for someone else. Well, no one else is going to come because Jesus, the Messiah, has already come. There's no question about that for her. She's not looking for the Messiah. She believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He's the one. He's the anointed one. He's the Christ. And so she believes she believes when her, her soul is leaping, her spirit is being warmed up. There is a connection between her spirit and his spirit. It's happening right here. A confession. Do you believe? Do you believe? Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, how did she get there? How did she get there? She met Jesus. She spent time with Jesus. She listened to Jesus. The scripture tells us that no one comes to the Father apart from Him. None of us come to Christ apart from the Father. The scripture tells us that His Spirit leads us to that understanding. There is an awakening in us. We do not by our nature, we do not within our human flesh have the ability to believe in Jesus. It's not possible. No one is, is, is wise enough, smart enough to come to that detail. We, we naturally disbelieve in Jesus through our nature, through our flesh, through our human reasoning. We don't come to believe in him without the work of God. So along the way, somehow or another, she went from looking for the Messiah to finding the Messiah in Jesus. And belief happened. Maybe she went through a series of time, many people do this, that you go through a time of not believing, then you begin to hear the truth by His Spirit, and His Spirit speaks, and His Spirit nurtures, and His Spirit uh, tugs on our heart, and we go from not believing to perhaps we ought to think about it. That's the work of the Lord. Romans 3 says no one does that. And we go from, at least I need to think about whether or not this is true about Jesus being the Messiah. And then we transition from thinking we ought to think about it to thinking, well, I want to believe. I want to know this is true. I want to understand this. When I hear about the good news, when I hear that Jesus said that believers will never die, you know, I want that for my life. Now, we think that we're getting there on our own. We think that we're manufacturing that idea or that that craving, but we're not. It's the work of the Lord. And He's making belief happen. And we transition at some point in our life from 
thinking we ought to believe, to maybe wanting to believe, and somewhere along the way, we believe. And when we believe, understanding of who He is, His greatness, His power, just begins to flood our soul. Do you hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, believe? Believe. Is there a craving in you to believe? You haven't believed yet. You've been thinking about it. You've been wondering about it. Perhaps you're watching on TV today and, and, and you just can't get away from it. With all this mess going on in our country with the unrest and the, the virus and the economy and the election and all the unrest that's happening. I drove by the Weatherford uh, Courthouse yesterday. I mean, never in my life would I thought I would see so many armed people in one of our towns. Such unrest. AR-15s everywhere. Guys wearing sidearms. Just, just I mean, I, I, look at this. This is, this is unrest. This is, this is just a, an issue. This is, this is a, a difficult time we face. And through all this going on, His Spirit is calling us to believe in Him, to trust in Him, to know Him. And perhaps you already believe Him. You know, but, but man, you just, you can hear the Holy Spirit just deepening your belief today. He's always saying you got to believe. Believers got to believe. You got to walk in me. You got to talk in me. You got to trust me. Keep, just keep following me. And you hear these words of Mr. Cook saying, saying so well, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You may be looking at tomorrow and saying it's unknown. I'm not sure. But but there is his still small voice, that sweet whisper from his spirit saying, I'm still in charge. I'm in control. Believe. Trust me. I'm going to meet the needs. My will is going to be accomplished. You're going to get to see my glory if you will just believe. Martha, believe. Do you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you about believing? You just can't get away from it. You were driving down the road this week and the thought of believing just entered your mind. Maybe the words of Scripture just entered your mind. Maybe you were thinking this week, you came to church last week or listened online, and, and all week long you've thought about your loved ones and, and you've been rejoicing that you were reminded that believers never die. And you're thinking about the possibilities of that. That's the work of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, encouraging you, affirming His truth in you. And the truth had been affirmed in Martha. Now, she's in a bad way here. Of course she is. She's grieving the loss of her, of her brother. She's hurting. She's grieving. She's emotional. This is painful for her. He's been dead four days. And, 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 and they believe in Christ. And if he'd only been there. But belief is activated. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about activating the belief that he gives you. Next we have Mary's faith. We see there in verse 28. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary 
immediately went to him. Now, put yourself in Mary's shoes. You got a house full of guests. It's not good etiquette, decorum, I guess. I don't know how you'd say it. Just to get up right away and leave all your guests who are there to help you mourn through this time. But when she heard that Jesus was there in town, in the village of Bethany, she left immediately and went to him. I can't think of a better definition of believing than that. She didn't ask the religious people what she ought to do. She didn't ask other family members what she ought to do. She wasn't concerned about how it looked. She wasn't a concern with the appearances of things. She wasn't concerned with people's opinion of her. Now, you know you're beginning to believe when you're not concerned with appearances, you're not concerned with the opinions of others, you just want to go to Jesus. You just want to speak to Him. You just want to worship Him. You just want to bow down to Him. You just want to pray to Him. You're not concerned with what other people think about you. You're not concerned with the decorum of things. You're not concerned with what the religious people think. You just want to be with Jesus. And she gets up and she immediately goes to Him. She doesn't think about it. She doesn't question things. She doesn't ask Martha three or four or five questions about where He is or what's going on. She just gets up from her home and she leaves to go see Him. Verse 30, Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's belief. That's, that's, she is believing with enough belief that she has. She is understanding the power of the Lord Jesus with all the understanding of her power allows at this particular time. Now, the belief that you have in the Lord is based on experiences you've had. Perhaps you would be like that. Perhaps you would be like the man that had his child healed. And the Lord said, if you believe your child will be healed. And he said, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Now, on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, we can look at this, on this side of the story, we can look at this and we can be critical. And many people are critical of both Martha and Mary in this particular case. And we can look at this situation and go, man... Don't she understand that Lazarus is going to rise from the grave? Of course not. But she's believing with all the belief she has. She's aware with all the awareness she has. She's understanding as far as her experience is allowing her to go. She believes. She has faith. Up to the experience you've had, I'm going to believe in God. That's how faith deepens. We go forward with Jesus to the point that we haven't gone before, and guess what? We stay there believing, wanting to move forward. 
wanting to move forward. I mean, it may really shock your world to think that believers never die, but what do we do? As believers, we face death of loved ones with that understanding. We may not have experienced it yet. We may not have gone through it yet, but we're going to move forward to that point with hope and joy and optimism and faith, believing that when the time comes, we are going to experience the goodness of the Lord. That's how we go about life. That's how we live. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. That's how we face tomorrow. We face tomorrow with all the belief we have. We may not have enough understanding at that point to transition into tomorrow, but we're going to believe in Jesus and we're going to trust that whatever we need to face tomorrow, He is going to provide it for us right then and there. And so I don't see her. I, I'm not critical of Martha or Mary in this story. As I read this story and I think about their situation, I see faith jumping off the page. Don't you want to believe like Mary? Now, if you say, yes, I want to believe like Mary, that's the Lord at work in you. I want to have that kind of hope. I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have that kind of trust in the Lord Jesus that I'm going to run to him and I'm going to run to him in the midst of all this grief and concern and I'm going to go to him and I'm going to trust in him. I'm placing my life in his hands. Do you see reasons, evidence, benefits, fruit of faith in this story? Does this story just really nudge you to want more, to grow in faith, to grow in trust of Jesus, to be able to walk forward no matter what may come, resting in His provision? Are you ready to walk forward beyond what you understand about Jesus today and go forward with Him? Let Him take you a little further down the road. Let Him guide you a little deeper. Let Him take you up a little steeper mountain. Let Him take you through a darker valley so that faith can increase, trust can develop, hope can just really be strengthened in you. That's what I see here with Mary. Is right now, is the Holy Spirit stirring in you to believe? Do you hear the Spirit speak? Are you hearing him? I've been hearing him all week. Believe me. Believers got to believe. Believe like Martha. Believe like Mary. Believe, Lee. Believe. Trust me. Know that I'm at work. Believe me. Trust me. And then you see the love of Jesus jump off the page as well. Verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping, and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Now, that's an interesting verse of Scripture, isn't it? The word that is used there that is translated in NLT, anger, can mean great burden, intense, uh, emotional stirring in his life. Now, the question I have is, what is he angry at? What is he angry about? What is he groaning over? 
Is he groaning over the fact that Mary and Martha are hurting so bad? Perhaps so. Is he groaning over the, faith, uh, over the fact that other people are hurting and, and have pain over this? Perhaps so. Is he groaning over the fact that he can see the hearts of all the people who are there and he sees the faith of Mary and Martha and he understands they are believing him, but he's looking out there and he knows that there is great unbelief among the mourners. And perhaps that this groaning, this anger is a result of it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this hopeless. It doesn't have to be this painful. That you can grieve with hope. Perhaps they, these other mourners didn't understand. They didn't have the faith of Mary and Martha and they didn't understand that we grieve with hope. But we don't know. We don't know the source of the groaning, of the anger. But we do know that he loved Lazarus and his love is pouring out. In verse 34, Jesus says, where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Best verse of scripture to memorize John eleven thirty five. 35, you can leave with the day. Say, now memorize a verse today. What do you memorize? Then Jesus wept. You've got it. Jesus cried for Lazarus. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. Boy, they could see the love pouring out of him. They could see it in his emotion. But some said, and maybe this is the source of his anger, but some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? I mean, gosh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty callous, isn't it? That's pretty cold. I mean, there he is, just pouring out his heart, believing, crying, weeping for his, his, his friend Lazarus. And they said, I heard he healed a blind man, but man, couldn't he have showed up and done something here? Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? It says in verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, I'm not going to be hard on Martha. I've read a lot of commentaries this week and there's a lot of people really hard on Martha at this. That she was in opposition, that... She had bounced back to appearances were meaning more to her than the death of her, her brother. No, nah, I think she's being reasonable. She's being realistic here. She has smelled a dead body before, marked. It could be embarrassment that she's trying to avoid. It, she, maybe she just doesn't want to go through the emotion of, of looking in that tomb and seeing her, her brother laying there decaying. Perhaps that's it. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. The smell will be terrible. Well, they didn't have all the embalming things that we had today. They would rub spices and ointments over the body, trying to prepare the body for burial, just to protect them from that, the smell that I understand helpings right away. I've smelled dead animals. I, I don't believe I've ever smelled someone who's been dead for a while in a home or anything. Don't recall that. But that's where she's at. And then we see some of the most powerful words of Jesus. 
in verses 39 through 44. Read the red words and pray for the power. Let me give you some things to read here and pray for in your life. Jesus responded to Martha with this way. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? There's a condition. You will see God's glory if you believe. Jesus says to us that we'll see God's glory if we believe. Those are his words. Those are words of truth. Now, our prayer request. Lord, help me. Help us. Help our family to believe and see. Now, we're all at different places with that. But all of us need to grow in that. We need to grow in the spiritual ability that comes through belief to be able to see the glory of God, to experience the glory of God, to taste the glory of God. The glory of God is God showing Himself to us and this world. It's through acts of love. It's through acts of obedience. It's through forgiveness. It's through grace. It's through His work of calling people to Himself. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Are you seeing the glory of God? Are you experiencing more of God each day than the previous day? Are you growing and understanding awareness that God is God and He's on His throne and He's all-powerful? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Lord, may Your Spirit just deepen us in belief and trust. The next thing He says is, so verse 41, so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Jesus says, you hear me, God. You hear me, Father. You always hear me. But I'm, I'm praying out loud now for the benefit of everyone outside this too, so that they will believe. Man, Jesus is saying to us how powerful that conversation with the Father is. Jesus is saying to them, I want you to be in on this. I want you to hear. I want you to see. I want you to experience what's about to take place. Pray for the ability, the understanding. Pray for the conviction to believe in the great power of prayer. Pray for the conviction to live by prayer, to live by faith praying, to live by faith believing and trusting and talking with the Lord. That, that means testimony. That's exactly what Jesus said here. I want you to see that prayer is powerful. I want you to see that God hears our prayer. And I want you to see the testimony of it. That God is going to reveal himself through praying. Through praying. 
pray for the power to believe in the power of prayer. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. No magic words. No magical formula. No mumbo-jumbo stuff. Just simply, Lazarus, come out. Jesus spoke to death. Jesus' words are powerful. Through his words, he released that power that he had to raise the dead. Oh, man. Pray for the awareness, the belief, the trust that Jesus has power over death. Pray for the belief to believe in his great power. Pray for the ability to limit God less tomorrow than you do today. Pray for growth in understanding the power of God. That God is so powerful that he spoke to Lazarus and Lazarus came out. And then we see here in verse 44, and the dead man came out. I I love the understatement of that. Lazarus come out and the dead man came out. That's it. Lazarus come out and the dead men came out. Quit being depressed and the depression left. Quit being angry and the anger left. Quit being petty and the pettiness left. Quit being bitter and the bitterness left. Quit being selfish and the selfishness left. Quit being egotistical and the ego left. Quit holding a grudge and the grudge left. Quit blaming other people and the blame left. Quit beating yourself up for your past mistakes and it left. The guilt left. Do you see that? I mean, if Jesus can speak to a dead man, come out. Then if we obey his word and trust in him, his spirit will release all those things that keep us from coming out. Come on out. Don't be held back. Don't be cowered down. If it's, if it's, if it's fear, fear be gone. Work with Jesus, talk with Jesus, obey Jesus, surrender to Jesus. And let the power of Jesus, the same power that rose Lazarus from the dead, let him put in you faith where there was fear. Let him have your life. Lazarus come out and the dead came out. Lazarus come on out and the dead man walked out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. Now, grave clothes is different than grave clothes that we have. Now, I, I told my wife years ago, if she puts me in a suit, I will come on back quickly. 
I want to be comfortable in that casket for my body that's just going to, because I'm going to be somewhere else because believers never die. But, but, grave clothes in, they would wrap them tight, kind of like a mummy. You know, linen just wrapped tight and tight. And so he wasn't just, you know, dancing on out of that deal. He was, <laughs> he was shuffling. He was shuffling. And he couldn't move. You couldn't see his face. It was like the Nora was on him and he had a mask on all over his body. And Jesus said, take off the man's grave clothes. Take off the dead man's dead clothes. And they took it off. They took off his grave, grave clothes. Unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him. Unwrap him. Take off the, the grave clothes. I'll pray for the removal of grave clothes from your life and other people's lives. Awaken the spiritually dead. You see, this story here has a very spiritual point to it. It's far more than just the body of Lazarus being resurrected. People without faith in Jesus Christ are spiritually dead. You see, conversion is not becoming a better person. It's not becoming more moral. It's not becoming more law-abiding. It's not becoming more, you know, humble and more delightful to be around. It's literally being spiritually dead and being born again by His Spirit and becoming spiritually alive. And when we become spiritually alive, we need to take off the grave clothes. And if the grave clothes represent things like guilt and past mistakes and past, past sins that are plaguing us, we need to take them off. We need to take off everything that restricts us that's not representing the life that Jesus has given us. Take off them grave clothes. Take off them grave clothes. I love that. That, that speaks deeply to me. Lee Brewer, take off the grave clothes. What are your grave clothes that you got still hanging on? Grave clothes. Did, has your pastor been a jerk to you? Out there in Radio Land, has your pastor been a jerk to you? Have I been a jerk to you? I can be a jerk pretty quickly. It don't take long for me to go down the jerk lane. Are you holding a grudge against the pastor? Are you holding a grudge against some other religious leader? Are you holding a grudge against someone in your family? Are you, are you still got some grave clothes on? Are you disappointed and that keeps you from believing more about Jesus? Do you got some opinions that are just shaping your world? If so, take off the grave clothes. You don't stink no more. You don't stink no more. Don't act like it. You have been born again. You have been resurrected from the spiritual dead. You are a new creation. You are in Christ. You're not the same dead old person. You don't stink no more. Take off the grave clothes and put on the new clothes. 
like love and faith and hope and mercy and kindness and gentleness and all those attributes of Christ through His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Replace them grave clothes. Take them off. Take them off. So, is the Spirit speaking to you to believe that the same resurrection power that rose Lazarus from the dead, God desires to do a new work in you and me. Help us, Lord. Help us to believe. Help us to trust. Help us to understand. Help us to be aware of you. We love you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for this story that we have that helps us see how wonderful you are. Lord, help us to believe so that we can see your glory. Lord, help us to believe to the point that we can face tomorrow. Help us, Lord, to believe to the point that we live courageously and we live in faith by your Spirit, facing all the challenges with the promises of your words to us. Lord Jesus, I pray by your Spirit that you'd help us read the red and pray for the power and get those grave clothes off. In Jesus' name, amen.